Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Balls. Gents, it's time to make your testies your besties with Manscaped. The Manscaped brand have made their way over to England and we're one of the only podcasts giving you the chance to stop nipping your balls with your two-blade bick. Now, I'm not going to lie, there's nothing worse than a guy who doesn't take care of their crown jewels. There's hair everywhere, it's sweaty, and not great for your partner. Trust me. Dana, don't worry, the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped is unbelievable. Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. The ball deodorant and moisturiser, by the way, absolutely unbelievable. It's going to turn things from a Frankenstein to a Frankenfine. And, as a Borough Breakdown listener... You'll get 20% off everything at manscaped.com with the discount code Borough20. Your balls will thank you. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast, the 100th episode. Uh, we're live on Red Army Radio, and if you listen to us on the podcast apps, whether it's the first time or the 100th time you've listened to us, welcome and thank you for supporting and listening to us uh, over the last two and a half years. I think as a group and as a team, we could probably couldn't say thank you enough. Um, we really do appreciate it. I think we probably do it if it was no listeners or the two and a half listeners, two and a half K thousand, yeah, two and a half thousand listeners that we have uh, each week now. So really do thank you very much. But anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. Let's chat about the Borough. Um, Borough made it two draws in a row with a point on the road at the King Prince Foundation Stadium with a goal from debutant Chuba Akpom in the 19th minute with Dana. Um, a game which personally I thought was end-to-end. Uh, could have went either way, but Borough had a clear penalty shout as well and a, a chance right at the end with Britt. Uh, but do you think the 1-1 was a fair result on Saturday? Yeah, it probably was. I mean, we did get lucky at times. Obviously, that penalty shout that you said, I don't know how the referee didn't give that. And then we had a goal disallowed. Um, Akpom could have scored two in the game. But mm-hmm. we did ride our luck at times that, you know, that chance in the second half with uh, Tom Carroll, it was only kept out of the back of the net from a combination of both Anthony Dykesteel and, and Dale Fry. It's fantastic defending, but I can't help but feel disappointed at, at parts of the performance, particularly in the first half, because, you know, I said last week how important that right-hand side could be for us, and, you know, I sort of pinpointed uh, the, the weaknesses of, of Lee Wallace down that left-hand side for them. And I just didn't feel as though, you know, we did enough. Um, Spence really should have been our main output, uh, main attacking output, and he just didn't do it for me. You know, he could have played to his strengths more, he could have used his pace more, could have been more direct. Like Maddo was saying on commentary, he needed to be more aggressive. And yeah, I just I just felt that we could have done more to exploit the weaknesses that, that QPR had. And, and in the end, we, we were going down the right-hand side predominantly, but I just don't feel like we were really causing them enough problems. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's us being clinical, which is going to be something that, We'll probably speak a lot about this season, uh, and we spoke about a lot about last year as well. Like being clinical with, with your chances, you could argue really with two shots on target yesterday that we were quite clinical. Uh, obviously, to get fifty percent of the the shots, but then the the equaliser. Um, now we we've discussed this. It could be Johnny Housen on goal. It could be Bright or say Samuel. Um, you know, scoring from a, a Luke Amos shot. Um, but not Ben Amos not, well yeah not, I can't believe I put Ben on Amos I was like well I was writing this late last night and I was like I was watching Walking Dead and uh, I was just like ah, oh. I saw it's Ben Amos and just kept, ty- Amos. kept typing away and then I realised I woke up this morning and I was like Ben Amos he, he, hang on does he still play for Man United isn't he like 47 <laughs> or something <laughs> well, I, well the, the Luke Amos shot though it's obviously it's there's nothing in it really Um 
and it's straight out better than Ellie, but I'm assuming he could have done a lot better for you. He probably should have done, and I think he'll know that himself, Benelli, but I'm more disappointed with, with the defence. I mean, looking back at the goal, firstly, it started from a Borough attack. I think the it was a Jed Spence cross that just smacked off the backside of Anthony Dykesdale, and then they were on the counter-attack. I think two Borough players like fell over each other, and then they were on the counter. But just before, I think it's Kai Kai that, that uh, crosses the ball in, the closest player to him is Britta Belonga. Mm. You're thinking, there's no midfielder, there's no defender. It, the closest to him is our striker. Marvin Johnson must be about 10 yards out of position. And for some reason, there's three Borough players marking two QPR players. And what that does is it it creates this big gap between Grant Hall and Paddy McNair. And that's where Luke Amos comes into it. It's a perfectly timed and rather simple run into the box. And that's how he gets onto the, the end of the cross. It's really, really poor defending. And I don't know what Grant Hall was doing. I mean, yeah, Bettinelli could have done better, but I'm more concerned about the defence there in, in that phase of play. Mm. Yeah, especially since, uh, as you mentioned, losing the ball where we did. It happened a few times, and I think it alludes to the, the first point that you said about Jed Spence. I think I thought he was quite poor yesterday. Um, we're obviously trying to use that overlapping centre-back system to do it. That's why Grant Hall, Central, and Dykesteel and McNair do have the legs to do it. And obviously Dykesteel have bombed on, and I thought, when I was watching, I was thinking, you know, give it back to him almost, um, and he tried to cross it and, and hit him, and then I don't know how it got from there to a goal. It was it was a bit mental, really. So I don't think we ever really settled after that because I think we were just we were scrambling to try and get back into position. And I remember Elias Chair sort of attracted maybe four or five. Yeah, he seemed to, to just him. dribble around everyone, didn't he? I yeah, thought yeah. this is going to be like a repeat of, of Payet almost <laughs> um, if it keeps going. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying about Bettinelli. I think it was more to do with everything else that led to it, but he probably could have done a bit better as well. Well, okay then, we'll speak about goalkeepers and else. Uh, first question of the day, um, I'll at it again, um, and I'm gonna I take part of his part of the question. But also, fans are are already calling for Ainsley Pears, or if you listen to BBCTs afterwards, a lot of people call him Ashley Pears. Um, so if if you Ashley, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> um, but Ainsley Pears, he's been on the fans' lips for like the last couple of games, even though Bettinelli's just came in. Um, but is it too early to suggest Pears coming back in, especially he's been linked away to Blackburn too? Yeah, possibly. I think there's maybe a case from both parties that it's not fully in it and he, he could be on his way out the door, so would he give it 100% when there's maybe been the talk of, you know, you're leaving, you're out of here, you haven't, you're not going to be given a new deal. Um, so it doesn't really... Um, board well for me. Um, obviously, the other option is Stojanovic. I know a lot of people are not really impressed with him as well. Um, yeah, I, I think but it's weird about Nelly. He's been he's had he's had some really good moments um, and some really terrible moments as well. I don't quite know what to what to make of him yet. Um, I, I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see with it really. But yeah. It's tough because, like you say, if if everything didn't lead to that yesterday, it wouldn't have got to the point and we wouldn't maybe be talking about Bettinelli as such. Um, but at the same time, I think he's got to be a bit more imposing when he's in goal. Um, but I think it is going to be a bit on and off. I think there's not many good championship goalkeepers where they're consistently good week in, week out. I think we've been spoiled, really, with, um, with how good Darren Randolph was in his tenure here and how consistently he made saves. Yeah, um, Dimmy so. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we might just kind of have to, I don't want to say suck it up, but we're not going to go out and sign another goalkeeper, I don't think. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I think he, I probably, he probably needs about 10 to 12 games, I think. And then we can kind, yeah, we can kind of look judge, back yeah. then and judge maybe, you know, how many we've conceded, what, what the games have been like overall and whatnot. So. Yeah, it's, sometimes you just need, need time. I know it's like, even if you move and club, if you're an, uh, an English player moving to another English club, that still needs time regardless of your position. It's the same probably. He uh, obviously he with Bettinelli as well. Obviously the, he's a England England under twenty one international. Well, was um, he, so he has that pedigree there. He he's been in promotion teams, so you know it's. I think it's a bit too early to say. But else, yesterday um, you alluded to, alluded to it there um, around Borough having chances and Bettinelli might not have been able to be blamed for. The, the so-called mistake. Um, but QPR had a lot more of the ball yesterday. They created way more chances. They had 14 shots to our seven. We only had two on target. But do you think Borough could have done, or what do you think Borough could have done more of to, to get something, get more out of the game yesterday, get the three points? 
Um, I think one point was probably, as Dana mentioned, using the right-hand side, but not even just the right-hand side. I think the, the wings in general. Um, I think it's going to take time to maybe adjust to what we're trying to do, and I don't know if we're maybe going to go back on ourselves because I know we did change to a 4-3-3 in the second half. Um, but this formation that we've currently got um, and the current crop of players, um, you know, we, we, Warnock's came out and said we're not looking at signing a, a Patrick Roberts-type player and we, we've signed a striker instead. So the output is going to have to primarily come from out wide. I don't feel like we're utilising that enough, whether it's actually the players who are stationed out there in Johnson and Spence or the people who are going to be overlapping, such as McNair and, and Dykesdale. I feel like we're not using it to our strengths, really. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems a bit disjointed and, and as the word we've already used, a bit scrambling. Um when we sort of when that when that transition ends, when once we've attacked and we kind of have to get back into position, I think people don't really know where they need to be or they're not getting there quick enough. Um so yeah, it's I think it's gonna be tough because we really lack that creativity going forward and McNair's the only one. And if he's got to be coming from a deep position, which it kind of worked last week, um it's not going to work every week, and he, we can't only rely on McNair. Um, so unless I think we get somebody else in or somebody else steps up to the mark, I think we're going to struggle. Okay. Um, well, I know you spoke about Patrick Roberts there as well, and you think we're going to struggle um, creating chances, but also you know get back in position as well defensively. And I'll come on to that in a second, mate. But with the new striker coming in, Chia Brackpom, um, you know, with the two on Tiger we had yesterday, his counters scored in his debut unreal to really hit the ground running uh, for a new club like that but how were you happy with his performance yesterday yeah yeah I was to be honest um, I thought he, he led the line quite well um, I thought he was strong um, in possession kind of holding up the ball really well obviously took the goal um, well as well at the near post you can't ask for, for more than that on, on a debut 19 minutes in can you so um, yeah I think there'll be more more to come of it really so yeah Akpom, Akpom, <laughs> Best song we've had in years, I think. Uh, put that, put an on the wheel. Uh, <laughs> the Akpom remix. Uh, but that, I know Elliot's been mentioning it as well and saying that we didn't know where we were on, on the transition play. It was like Kevin Black almost been having kitchen nightmares uh, when he was when he was seeing some of the defensive display. display. Um, but we switched in the second half to a 4-3-3. Um, which is something that Johnny Woodgate absolutely loved last year. Uh, we were playing more of a four-two-three-one in the back end of last year, but switching to a four-three-three in the second half in the last ten minutes seems to help a lot more. We seem to be a little more balanced. Do you think Borough could potentially change into a four-three-three in the in the coming weeks? Not from the start, I don't think, because um, I think it's that left back position that could potentially be a problem. But for me, the reason why. The tide sort of turned in in our favour um, when we went four three three was because we had somebody running at Lee Wallace. I was just throughout the game. I was like, Lee Wallace literally runs with the Zimmer frame. Why are you not <laughs> going at him? God and, no, sorry, past the medical. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was really disappointed in in Jed, and I know how highly we all think of him um, on this podcast. But he just didn't seem like he was playing to his own strengths and he mm. and he knows he's got that pace and he just didn't do it for me yesterday and you know Tav in fairness when he plays out wide I feel like he's better out there sometimes and he was being direct he was running at Lee Wallace and I think that's why it, the game sort of opened up in Borough's favour towards the end um, and, and like you said I think it gave us that balance we were getting caught in behind quite a lot yesterday um, there was a about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes where they were just, it was a full siege really, you know, they were using, I think they were doubling up on us. Um, they had uh, Brian say Samuel, probably their best player, um, running in behind, using his pace and causing us problems. And when we went to that flat back four, you know, we had that protection uh, at the back and it closed that space in behind. So I think that's probably what changed it in Borough's favour, but it's just what I wanted to see. Just wanted to see someone run at Lee Wallace because he's not pacey and he's not particularly mm. a good defender either. So, yeah, I mean, Tav, in fairness to him, was doing that. Shout out to Lee Wallace. Um, <laughs> Dana, we'll, we'll chat about Tav then. Um, we've we've spoken about Tav quite a lot already this season and it's only been a few games in. Uh, but it seems to be the boy on everyone's lips around on, on terms of performances. Personally, I, I, I think he's a player that I really want to succeed at. Borough. he's got all the ability 
you can see that he has all the ability when he's when he's on the ball. Um, but we've got a question from Joe Stewart, and he says fans keep calling for creativity. Warnock has said they can't do that such as such with Roberts, um, as he'll have to buy more than one player and make it work. Um, but surely Marcus Brown is worth a shot over Tav, um, who I always see is a great sub, uh, but never is a good starter. And um, which probably agree with with that statement in terms of Tav being a better a bench player than and coming on rather than being a starter. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he has played better. I feel when he has come off the bench and also his his other best performances have been when he's been part of a, a two in attacking midfield um, and I think that's probably what you need to do to be able to get the best out of Tav is to take the pressure off him because I don't really think that he has that natural um, creative instinct and you know he buzzes around a lot he, he he has that energy buzzes in around the box but I just don't feel like he needs to like he knows where he needs to be I think he's just in general areas to try and pick up the ball which is fine but then what he does with it it's not great you know he's not really that creative uh, at least not naturally so I think he probably actually is better coming off the bench when he's got a point to prove and I actually do prefer him out wide. I remember that Reading game at the end of last season where he did play out wide and he probably had the best game that I've seen um, of him in a Borough shirt. Mm. So whether Marcus Brown can step up, I'm not sure. I know, you know, we've seen bits and flashes from Marcus Brown, but can he do it consistently? You know, has he sort of ironed out that ill discipline? We never know unless we unless we see him. Yeah, I, I like Marcus Brown. Um, I think you're right with Tav potentially being moving out wide. Um, but we'll come on to that question now because Jack Gunn sent us a question in as well. Else, um, he said Tav didn't really do much centrally, which was which Dana just mentioned there. Uh, but looked a lot more comfortable playing out wide as a potential wing back. Um, is he more suited to that role? Also, do you think? Um, also, think the midfield three that looked finished was better. Um, that was a, it's a bit of a, it look, it's a bit of a difficult question to answer. I think now like, it's not finished. It's not finished. Um, <laughs> not finished. Twenty eight. <laughs> um, okay, so it's basically saying that the the midfield three was probably a better three that, that started. Um, but would you say that Tav's a better wing back than or out, out wide than he is more central? Um, I think as a wing back, he'll probably suffer the same as you know maybe Johnson in the fact that you might not be able to track back as much or, or be effective at defending um, I probably agree with Dana though when he when he did play out wide um, at Reading he had a really good game and I think that's almost the same as when he had Roberts on the other side I think they were able to drift into the half spaces very well um, this formation kind of relies on you know if you're central you are the linchpin you are the key to everything else of, of getting from midfield to attack um, but I don't feel he has enough to do that Um but if you're going to have two trying to do it, then you need someone else. And I don't think we have another... Well, OK, maybe Marcus Brown, as we've been alluding to. But then we're going to have to rethink the whole formation and strategy of what we're doing um, and try and do that um, sort of 3-4-2-1 and play with one striker rather than two, which I don't think we're going to do really. So, yeah, I think he's stuck in the middle of where maybe he'd like where he's best effective and where the current sort of crop of team is um, in how we can line up so I think it's a bit difficult I think we're good like I said I, I think when Warnock said it after the the Watford game about um, even Wing being able to play in that position I don't see any three of them particularly being brilliant um, out of Tav Brown and Wing in a central attacking midfield position in being the key player in that I can't see any of them absolutely you know yeah. blowing it out of the water really yeah I thought so. I thought Tav would be a really good central player this year. I, I just thought, you know, like when Underwood get, he looked bright. I feel like he he's got. I feel like he's got to have two. I feel like if you've got a, mm. a defensive midfielder, then he's part of the two that are in front of them. It'll work. Or if you've got um, two sort of players who are playing in the half spaces, um, and then you don't really have, and then you've got wing backs on the other side of it. Then yeah, but I think if you've got him centrally behind two strikers, it doesn't. It isn't working. I yeah. don't think because mm. he, like I said, he doesn't have that natural creativity on his own. Mm. So, well, Dana, what do you think Tav needs to do then to get to the levels that that we want him to be at? I think you either take the pressure off him by, like Elliot's just said there, you know, putting him alongside another attacking midfielder, or you put the pressure on him because looking at that position, you know, you mentioned there Brown and Wing. I don't think that's proper competition, and we were speaking about competition for Jed last week. I don't feel as though that number ten role or that attacking midfield role has 
particularly great depth in terms of quality. I don't think it has particularly good competition. Um, and it goes back to what I said before, I think two podcasts ago, about having specialists for certain positions. And if you want to be creative, and if you want to bridge that gap between the midfield and the attack, you need specialists. You know, you need a, a specialist number 10. And I know they are a luxury. They're hard to come by. But, you know, we just need somebody that is an out-and-out player in, in that respect and not maybe so much a square peg in a round hole. Um, but, I don't know, I'd, I'd just say maybe keep patient with him I guess I know that I I think it was pretty much this time last year that I was you know talking about Tav and saying that well you know he, he only really puts in six out of ten performances and he's, he's very you know okay but not particularly brilliant um I just say maybe just keep keep with him I mean I know it is early season I don't want to be too critical of a player already but yeah just be patient with him I think okay patience and I also think that I think his best position could be that right-hand side of play. Um, right attacking midfielder, cutting on his left peg. You can see it against Stoke He's got a good shot on him year. as well. Yeah, it, it gives him the opportunity to kind of come in, out, in and out of games and then also take a lot of pressure of him, like I think what you've mentioned, Dana, what you mentioned there else as well. Um, but we all know like a number 10 is, is, is on our wish list anyway. Um, it's been on our wish list since probably Gaston Ramirez uh, when he left, and you know if he didn't have to send that DM to that that, that girl, you know we might not be talking about it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you single? Uh, yeah, we are not. Uh, Honestly, just why? Yeah. Why? That was the exact moment that our season fell apart, wasn't it? Really, just combusted. Just mm-hmm. went crank a left. Ramirez just cheating on his wife and kids. So like, just like thanks, thanks, Gaston. <laughs> um, but as we we know number ten's on our wish list. Like I mentioned. Creative player is something we've always looked at, but we've been linked with a left back over the last week or so. Um, possibly the greatest name I've ever seen, Nesta Guinness Walker. Um, apart from having a fantastic name, uh, I think the guy is is very very good. He's very very highly rated at AFC Wimbledon. I can see why he's very pacey, holds his position well. He's very mature for his age as well in terms of getting forward and knowing his position and being a specialist in, in there as well um, from when I've seen him this year. Um, were you were you surprised to see Borough being linked with a, with a left-back given we've got Mark Baller there, we've got Johnson playing that wing-back role, we've also got Hayden Coulson there as well? Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, one position I didn't think we were going to go for. We were saying last week more on the other side, really, um, of right wing-back because we've only got Jed Spence there. So it was a bit surprising. It doesn't really bode well for either Mark Baller or or Hayden Coulson, um, we know they haven't really been fancied, um, they've, they've had the minutes in the cup which was about it, um, they both didn't really impress, so yeah, I mean if that was to come off, I, I don't know if one of them maybe goes out of the door the other way, um, but I don't think it's a position that we, okay we could probably do with strengthening it across the pitch in general, but I mean in terms of numbers, um, I feel like right wing back is probably more important, centre backs going to be more important, especially now that Grant Hall's injured. Um, and as we've mentioned, a creative attacking midfielder. So, um, yeah. Well, is it a position, Dana, that you, which we could potentially see Borough change shape? Uh, maybe push Johnson a bit further up on the pitch, have a natural left back in there, revert back to the four, maybe play that 4 3 3 that we've mentioned. No, maybe push things yeah, around a little bit. I mean, in regards to, to that link anyway, I'm kind of of the stance of what's the point? Because, I mean, we do have. <laughs> what's the point in playing ref? What's the point in playing ref? Oh, I wish we got a photo of that, but um, I just don't see the point really because I, you know, we've we've got Matt Ball already. I don't know whether people just seem to forget that he exists. I mean, I, I do, admittedly. But wow, um, <laughs> jeez, hi Matt Baller, if you're tuning in. <laughs> but I would. <laughs> no, I'd I'd much rather. I'm on the warpath today, Anna. No, I'd much rather us improve the natural left back that we already have at the club as opposed to bringing in somebody else. Because then you've just got, you could end up potentially with two left backs that maybe aren't quite doing it. Because, you know, the, the, um, you know Nesta Guinness Walker might not actually, you know, step up to the plate. Love that name. <laughs> I know it's, it. it is a great name, isn't it? But no, I think the point, my point is, is that I'd, I'd much rather us improve and work with the, the one natural left back that we've got at the moment. I can see, I can see why we've done it though. I really can. Um, what, going in for another left back? Another left back, yeah. I really can. It just, 
if you think about it, if you bring another left back now, you've got probably Walker and uh, Mark Baller to fight for that left back role. You revert to a four-two-three-one, which I think would probably suit us. You can play Morsey and, and Housen in there. Appreciate you're probably going to George Savile's going to lose his place. Um, but then with that, you've got Johnson and Coulson put on the left hand side of play. You can have Tav on the right hand side, maybe push uh, Spence up in there, and then obviously that that leads back to that number ten role. So obviously you could put Lewis Swing in there. Do you really want to put him in there? But then you've also got three strikers fighting for one position uh, with Akpom. Fletcher and maybe does give us uh, as you may be saying there maybe gives us a bit more flexibility Mm. and um and things so it's probably it could be a good move for that um when you've named where people could be stationed up yeah it it makes sense um and we've seen at times that Colson and Spence have been used as part of a front three so yeah you could probably put McNair in there as number 10 role as well um so there's different options I think it just it it's something that we didn't really think we needed but then when you think about it it, it yeah. might be something that we could potentially be looking for. And Especially if you think that Coulson's more of a winger, because I know that Warnock do, sort yeah. of said he doesn't know his position. So, yeah, I, I sort of, yeah, I agree with you there, actually, yeah. I think he's more of a winger. Johnson knocks a good ball into the box as well, occasionally, so it's... it's uh... Occasionally. <laughs> you said it and then you were like, I shouldn't have said that, so I'll put, I'll put occasionally on the end. I said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Um, but he does he does a decent ball in but then also you see you've got three strikers there two of them are out of contract at the end of the su- in the summer anyway so you know it's it's well you could see one of them you never know could could go in another week but this kind of goes the next question really it's an open question so he's whoever wants to answer it can go for it but there's one week to go uh, for like the permanent transfer window to shut obviously on the 6th of October um, but can you see some incomings and outgoings over the next week or so Ooh, I could, I could see another centre half, especially with the Grant Hall's injury, and potentially I know that Neil Warnock wants another striker, so I suppose there's that as well. But I actually wouldn't be surprised to see us maybe going for a, a creative midfielder because I know that Warnock's basically. I, I don't know what whether he said anything about it actually, but the noises coming from like you know the media and whatever doesn't don't really point to Borough going in for one, so. We could see. I mean, we spoke about John Jones last week. The door, if you know, players being available towards the the, the end of the window, we could see them coming in. Yeah, um, I think we probably will. Um, I think they'll be pushing to get deals over the line, whether we do or not. You know, we struggled at times during this window, uh, but I really hope there is because I think we are still very light. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see some and obviously depending on who comes in you might see one go out the door because like you say if we do get a left back then it kind of leaves you know is someone going to be further down the pecking order there um, yeah. but I definitely think we need a couple in. yeah well given that Grant Hall is now injured Dana um, we've only really got that one fit centre back now with Dale Fry um, obviously you can put Dykesteel in there and if we revert to a four you can say Hall Dykesteel um, Dale Fry and Nathan Wood, um, but Nathan Wood's still young. Really, it's it's. I don't really th- can see. I can't really see him breaking through this year. Um, but do you think Grant Hall's gonna be a bit of a big miss as well, given the style we're currently playing? I think yeah, he's gonna be miss. He's gonna be a miss in terms of of numbers. I think out of the signings that we've made, he's probably been the most uh, of a slow burner. But I've got to give him some. Cut him some slack because before the Shrewsbury game, we hadn't played a game since March uh, before the the season halted. So he's obviously rusty. Plus, he had that injury, which has no doubt knocked a part of his game off. Um, I think you can see that Grant Hall will probably easily be turned by Pacey Strikers in this division. But you know, he, he's a miss in terms of numbers because, like you said, we've only got you know he and both he and Dill Fry are the only uh, natural centre backs plus Nathan Wood. Um, I know that Neil Warnock does uh, speak highly of, of Nathan Wood and, and rates him quite highly, but is he ready? I'm not sure. I mean, in fairness to him, I think the... the Was it the Barnsley game that he played or was it the Shrewsbury game? Yeah, it was the Barnsley game. Barnsley, the yeah. Barnsley game, yeah. He he looked better in that game. He looked more strong. Um, he looked better in the air. Uh, he looked more physical, which I think you obviously need to, to have that physicality in the championship. So he, he looked better. So he's definitely an option. I don't think we should discount um, Nathan Wood. But we still need a centre-half. I think we needed one anyway. But the fact that, that Grant Hall's out now, 
Uh, Kevin Blackwell said it was a torn calf, but then he downgraded it to, um, I think, a pulled muscle in, in, in the calf. So it's a, obviously a less severe one than a torn calf. Um, so hopefully he's not out for too long, but I still think we need a centre-half anyway. So um, that injury sort of adds to probably how much of a priority it is right now. Okay. Would you, Els, would you like to see probably a couple of centre-backs come in, or would you just try and go for the one? Um, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, it's, there's no harm in having more there because then you can have other people revert back to the normal positions. Um, I think one would suffice, but I think if we were to get another one in it, it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't harm it as well because McNair can then be freed up for other positions, Dyke Steel as well. Um, and yeah, you, you're covered for injuries, but obviously it depends on who it is and if they want to come in and, and play kind of first team football, it might be a loan for example, who knows they're maybe not going to be yeah. featured regularly. So I think one should suffice. Okay, one centre-back. We're looking for maybe another winger. Anyone go outgoing? Do you think you could potentially see maybe Britt or Fletcher going, given the contract negotiations, you know, mm. end of the season, try and get money for them now? Not Britt or Fletcher, no. I think they're too big for us. I think maybe wing, maybe. I think that midfield is, is relatively stacked. But then if you take wing out if he is going to be that alt, um, alternative option to Tav um, as the attacking midfielder then it you know it makes us n- need more than ever another attacking midfielder so I don't know I'm trying to think maybe Matt Bull will go out on loan maybe pairs obviously Steve Walker maybe so I think fringe players I would say but but nobody major Hmm, it's interesting that I just, I just thought we, we never know. We, don't, we haven't really seen any big links with any of the the first teamers, really, have yeah. we? So, um, yeah, I hope there's not a surprise um, that's going to be sprung in the final few days. Yeah. I think the thing with Brit, the only club I, th- I think will come in for him is probably Bournemouth, because Norwich. I don't think a Premier League club is going to take a, a punt on him because he hasn't played in the Premier League before, um, at least not started. I don't think. So you know, Norwich obviously signed. Uh, John Hugel and already have Timu Puki. Um, Watford have an array of talent up front, and I think Bournemouth obviously sold Callum Wilson. And, and they've got, got Dom, Dom Solanke, yeah. So I'm thinking out of all of the teams that could potentially go in for maybe Brentford as well. You know, um, no, yeah. they, they signed Ivan Tony, didn't they? So probably not Brentford, but potentially Bournemouth. You know, yeah, they've still got Josh King in as well, haven't yeah. they? So, like, whether they want to pick up the pick up the baton in the Champions League, who not in the Champions League Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Did the winner cup last year? Or something. Must have met. I'm having one of those days. <laughs> um, but let's move on then. Let's show up Barnsley. Um, obviously, we played in one source already this season in the, the Spankers at home in the Carabao Cup. Um, they they were our team to watch this year as well. Um, what, what do you think Borough have to do to get all get one over of this uh, Struber side? Um, I think we need to press as a unit. I think that's one thing we didn't do very well in the, in the last game. Obviously, it was you know a completely different lineup to what the league has been, um, but we allowed them very easily to play around us. Um, and if you let them, they can do it. I mean, they haven't actually scored a goal in the league. Um, they've uh, they've got to third round of the cup and got knocked out six 0 by Chelsea. But um, I'm you glad know, they the, beat us then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't know what it'd have been if we played them. To be honest, but. Um, yeah, they haven't obviously scored in the league yet, so the, the form's been a bit off. Um, I think they're always going to be, and I think that's what we said, we think we're going to be improved on last season possibly, but um, they're still a very young side. Um, Struber's still trying to implement his style there, but when it works, it works really well for them, and it looks very pleasing on the eye as well um, to the purists out there. So I think, um, yeah, I think we need, we're going to need to... We can't try and match them on their level. I don't think we have the quality in terms of actual ball-playing players and technical players, so I think we just need to be physical with them. And I think um, there was times uh, in the last game where someone had pressed them up front and then they'd pass it out wide and the, the wing-back hadn't pushed on to try and close it down and it was just very easy to play around Borough. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah, we, we played more in front of them um, in the cup game, whereas we needed to work it down the channels and... <clears throat> and you know, getting behind them, which we didn't do, so it was essentially food and drink for the Barnsley centre halves. Which is, you know, I, I would much rather. I know that we had Coulson on the right hand side in that game, which effectively made us a little bit lopsided. You know, he didn't seem confident or comfortable at all in the ball in that game because obviously it was his weaker foot. You know, he was on his his, his opposite side. So I think <laughs> putting a, a um, somebody on the right side. 
uh, would help in that game. Um, and also, we just need to make sure that we work it in behind them and... You know, we don't play to their strengths because I think that's what we did in the cup game. We just played in front of them. Everything was in front of the set, the Barsley centre halves, and you know the you know they're comfortable on the ball, of course. But I think maybe if you get that pace at them, cause them problems, um, you might see them rattled a little bit. So I, I'd say you know I I completely agree with Ellie. I think press uh, as a team, um, as we did against Bournemouth and just try to utilise the pace. Again, I think Spence will be important should he play. I think Johnson will be important. Um, he needs to step up after after the um, the game against QPR yesterday. And just try to work it down the channels and just do the opposite to what we did uh, in the cup game, which was just really bad. Easy team talk, isn't it? <laughs> Lads, just watch this, right? Just do the complete opposite, right? <laughs> <laughs> they line up, they line up obviously in the same um, formation as we do, um, which obviously then allows for both teams to try and get in behind, but that obviously worked a lot better for them than it did for us. Um, both goals came from just people being out of position. They had so much space for both their goals. Um and like you say, if they're going to be, if the if the um, wing backs are going to be bombing on, which I think he got the second goal. Was it Jordan Williams? He's the the left wing back, was he? Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, there. Obviously, there's obviously space in behind, um, and we just didn't play to it. So I think it'll help, obviously, when we actually have a, a right footed player out there um, instead of Colson because he'll have been cutting inside. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't particularly great that uh, Carabao Cup game, I and mean, you can't really read too much into it, given that they haven't even scored a goal in in the league. So now the footballing gods have been notified. <laughs> it's going to be a five 0 win to Barnsley. But let's break them down, Els uh, and Dana. Let's let's see what you've got. We've broken down already this season. Anyone else to watch? You know anything mm. else that you you've seen over the last couple of games that they haven't scored in? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think what would be important in the game for us is is playing Sam Moore's yard say, because you know Alex Moore in the game um, at the Riverside the other week. You know he was the midfield general. He was starting everything. He was the one that was picking it up from defence. Uh, making sure that when the uh, Barzi defenders were obviously playing it around the back, and, and they were very good at doing that, by the way. You know, I was really impressed with Barnsley because I didn't. I think I put them maybe like nine, uh, no, about seventeenth in the league in my pre-season predictions, and you know, I didn't expect them to be a, a, as good as they were at the Riverside. I mean, obviously, we did uh, sort of allow them to to play like that, but. Alex Mort for me, you know, I do really rate Alex Mort highly. Um, I wish he was in a Borussia shirt rather than a Barzi shirt, but I think he'd make a great right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, we Nicky, we definitely Nicky Bailey him. He plays centre half, but no, I think playing Sam Morsey, who was very good actually when he came on against QPR, and uh, I think if I was to give three stars actually in that game, he would probably get one of them just for those two fouls in quick succession, where I think he like pretty much dived on top of. Uh, one of the, the QPR midfielders, but um, he did really well to break up the play, to release the ball. Um, his passing was was really good. So I think play Morsey in the Barnsley game, I don't know who for, I think. I'd probably put Savile. I'd take Savile out. Yeah, Savile's probably the one where if you were to choose between a midfielder, you'd probably take yeah. take him out. But in fairness, you know, he did play well in the, in the Bournemouth game, so he should have started and, and, and rightly did start against QPR, but I think I would probably take him out and put Sam Morsey in there. So um, that, for me, is probably something that we can do um, against Barnsley and just <laughs> just play. Just don't play Coulson on the right. You know, if he's going to play, play him on the left. Yeah, a left-back playing right-back, it's, it's a lot more difficult than a right-back playing left-back, if that made any sense. Um, just from my <laughs> personal opinion... When I've when I've had to play right back in the past, and I'm yeah, left footed, and I'm left footed, mm. so it's like it's quite difficult because in in a, in, a, in a way like you can get turned out inside out quite quickly, um, but also you kind of stop that right footer from cutting in. So there's pros and cons, but it is quite difficult for a left footer on the right hand side. But I know you mentioned about George Savile there, and I mean Maddo mentioned it yesterday on commentary and. I couldn't probably agree more with it, and people like Slate and Savile, and I, I agree. People Savile for seven million pound, is he worth the player? Um, worth the the value that we paid for him? No. Um, but is he a bad player? I don't think he is. I think no, he's not a bad. Player, um, no. I think he's he's just a very busy player, and he does a lot of things that we don't really see. He closes space, but then also intercepts and wins the second balls. And I couldn't agree more with Maddo. Like initially, when as soon as Maddo said it. I watched the game back and I thought, and I started was watching George Savile and I thought, yeah, he actually does these things and 
when I would probably recommend it, fans, if you just watch Savile now, um, just try and watch his game, and you'll probably see what he does actually bring to the table rather than what is a George Savile. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, but 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 seven million pound. That, that's the reason why Borough fans mm. like really do not. He's <laughs> a massive scapegoat, though. He's a massive scapegoat. Yeah. Like I was looking at all the stats from the Bournemouth game. He was by far our best midfielder, and some Borough fans were saying, "Oh, get him out. He's shite. He was shite." Like. <laughs> He wasn't. He was really good against Bournemouth. And, and I've been critical of Savile. I think we all have on this podcast. But he had a really good game against Bournemouth. And he deserved to start against QPR. Mm. And I do agree with that. I think, actually, I, I might have to rethink some of the criticisms that I've had of him in the past. Because he does do that work that goes unnoticed. You know, he's not a particularly flashy player sometimes. Mm. He's he's a different player to the one I think everybody expected us to get because he was a a box-to-box at Millwall. So I think, yeah, well, probably... This is probably where the the over-criticism of of Savile probably ends for me. Well, it's a sort of scapegoat, though, isn't it? Because if one Borough player has a bad game, he's the worst thing since, I don't know... um, Caleb Fallen. Caleb Fallen, you know what I mean? So There's two Caleb Fallen references then, two podcasts. Yeah, Caleb Fallen, sign up for Borough next week. <laughs> I Hi, Caleb, if you're tuning in. <laughs> um, Fancy playing 45 minutes to complete your full debut. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Kike Sola. Kike we'll, we'll, we'll Sola. Yeah. The fake Kika. <laughs> the beta Kika. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing I want to mention um, about Barnsley is... Uh, in the in the last game against Coventry, they drew nil nil, um, and they didn't actually have a, a lot of the ball as they expected. When just looking at the possession, Saturday only had forty eight percent. Look all right, Coventry um, this year. Look yeah, really Coventry, good. Coventry yeah, looking um, quite good. So, and you know, in some of the opposition that Barnsley maybe come up against, um, you know, I mean, Reading are flying at the top of the league with three runs out of three, but they've you know that Barnsley have played Luton, um, Luton, Reading, and Coventry. Um, and you know they've got a point out of it, um, so yeah, it, it's one of those where they, they haven't that maybe impressing as much as we maybe thought. But they've they've yeah. got that style of play. It's going to take a while to adjust, and it'll work better against some teams, namely us um, and Forest, because <laughs> everything works well, well against Forest. Forest just seem to be really bang out of form. We're talking about like league hangovers. Jesus Ooh, yeah. Christ! Well, the Midlands aren't doing great at the moment. Um, Derby got smacked four 0 by uh, Tony Mowbray's Blackburn yesterday. Mm, well, want to watch by the way, Blackburn. Blackburn look good this Adam, year. Adam Armstrong looks like a really good player this year, playing centre forward. Yeah. I think they look good. I think Birmingham look really good as well. Um, under right on, I think that's pretty much natural. I think the teams are look better under him. But also, we mentioned there else about um, Barnsley there saying the, they're a very young side, but that breeds pre- inconsistency throughout that whole team. And I think the longer Barnsley stay in this division, the better they're going to probably get. And the more because the players are just going to mature around them and I hope they do do quite well I quite like the style they tend to play but I think ones to watch as well this year Coventry absolutely this seems like they're just going to continue that trend of performing quite well um, after the previous season as well but is there anything else guys that you, you've um, got about they've got Barnsley? yeah the, they've got both of the um, central defenders back they've both got a red card in the Reading game so I think the I don't think they played in the Chelsea game, Mads Anderson and Michael Hellick. Um, but they were, yeah, I think they were back in the Coventry game, so they should be back against us as well. Um, yeah, th- I think they both played against us. It might have been another centre back instead of Hellick who played. I know definitely Saul Bauer and Anderson played. Um, but as Dana said, they were quite comfortable on the ball. Um, so we could have done with maybe them being weakened a little bit more with um, with that. So. Yeah, it's. I'm kind of confident because I think it's it's going to be a completely different game. We can't read into it. Um, the cup game, we obviously had a different team out, and they had a few players out who, who aren't um, in the normal first eleven as well. They had a yeah. bit of a stronger team out than us. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a completely different game, um, and I hope we're just going to keep getting better. I think we've we've still got that inconsistency, but. Um, I don't think we've been terrible at all this yeah. season. We, mm. Yeah, I think we've, we've still got room to grow, really. Yeah, I'd say, Black, well, Blackwell said in, in, yeah, in the presser that, yeah. that the performances have been fairly consistent this year. Um, results haven't uh, went our way at the moment. And understandably, I think Watford was a, a really difficult game for us. Bournemouth again, it's a difficult game against two newly relegated sides. QPR away, it's, it's, it's still a tough place to go. It's very compact ground, you know, you, 
fans are normally on you and I would, if you said to me before the game, would you take a point on QPR? I would probably say yes, given their performance against us last in the in the COVID season. So at home, so yeah, I think um, I'm fairly happy with the performances so far. I think there's probably still a lot more to come from us, but I think you're right, Els. It's going to be a completely different game, different atmosphere. Both teams need points early doors, I think, because I think we're definitely going to be a mid-table side this year. Mid-table, lower bottom half. I can't. I know Warnock says he wants promotion. I, I can't see it. I really can't see it. I just don't think we have the quality there yet. I think this is one of the games as well where we've got to be targeting to, to win as you well. You need to really. win them, yeah. Um, a home game against Barnsley. You know, no disrespect. We've obviously said we think they're going to do fairly well, but at the same time, we've, you know, if we if we go and lose 1-0 or 2-0 again, um on the weekend then it doesn't really board well and you think who are we actually going to pick up some points against um, type of thing so I think we've done well against Bournemouth um, as you mentioned just newly relegated so um, we've got to be targeting teams who are, who were in a similar position to us last year where we're going to pick up our three points Dana, hmm. is there anything else to add for, for Barnsley or are you ready for moves on, move on to predictions no I'm just I think the game is going to be different to the cup game obviously like Elliot said the lineups are different for both sides so I wouldn't be surprised if oh god I don't want to jinx it but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a completely different result as well mm. very very interesting okay then well Middlesbrough are going to be out without Grant Hall as well so without him you think Sam Moore is going to come in potentially for Savile but you've both said completely different game this time around well what's going to be your predictions then um, I'm going to go with a 1-0 win to Borough. 1-0 win? Yeah, I'm going to go for 2-0 and I'm hoping I can channel Nostradamus again because I did um, predict that Tuber Akpom was scoring his debut and it happened. So I'm, I'm manifesting it. It's going to happen. Akpom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got 1-0 from Els, 2-0 from Dana. I can't, see, keep us, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. I really can't. We're just... <sighs> I just can't, I can't, can't do it. Do you not can't. think Dale Fry looked better against um, QPR to be able to maybe t- maybe strengthen that defence? Maybe. I really want Dale Fry to keep kicking on. Um, I think he needs just that experience around him for one more, couple more years. I know he's still young um, and he's not going to come to his prime yet, but I think he just needs someone a bit more of experience around him, playing more cent- with him, uh, playing more central, but... Look, I've got confidence in him, um, but I still think we'll concede. I think we're just we're a bit shaky at the back in the minute, but I do think if Sam Morsey comes into the side, we're going to be a bit more difficult to break down. It gives the gives Paddy McNair the opportunity to push forward a little bit more. Dyke Steele as well, and Morsey will just sit in. Uh, but also you've got House in there as well. If you put House in, and you've kind of got you kind of like just alternate between your centre halves really, which is mm. I'm sure quite yeah. Fluidity, so, if, so if if McNair yeah. and Dyke Steele can overlap, Morsey and House can sit back a bit and. And watch the counter attacks almost with Dale Fry. Well, absolutely. Um, yeah, it seems like a good. So, as we mentioned, but kind of it's almost reminiscent of of what Sheffield United have done, but you know, much to a, yeah. to a better extent, really. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of it. Um, and if we continue with it, I'm, I'm all for it. If if it starts to work and people start to learn what they need to do um, when that transition of play changes. Yeah. So, well, speaking of transition, I think if we were to play Mozzie as well, it does stop the actual transitional play that that cheap foul that you give away that yellow that yellow card we probably need to do that against Barnsley early doors try and beat the press early on keep them quite boxed in because they've shown in the previous game that they can bop it around us and create the space yeah, if, and you, beat if, them you close, if you're closing so. them down early enough they're, they're just going to try and hoof it long or they're going to try and you know they're going to try a more direct um, approach and then if we win the ball back then, then that's how we're going to try and control yeah. it because if we let them play um they're all very technically good on the ball not even just the players you mentioned like Alex Moore even the, the other central midfielder is it Callum Styles? is it yeah. um, very good as well Luke Thomas um, and uh, at times I think I said I think I said last week uh, sorry not last week when we last played them in the in the group um, you know I wish it was I wish it was us that was playing the beautiful game and, um, <laughs> and winning 2-0 because um, it was just at times it was hard to watch obviously we were the home team and it was just kind of like oh my god the they're destroying us um, at home and it was just like what are we watching yeah. I've paid a tenant to watch this well that's um, it they're going to come to Riverside full of confidence they've already beat us once this season yes it'll be a different game but I can definitely see them scoring so my prediction I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a win I think we will actually 
somehow bag a result here and um, <laughs> get a 2-1 win, I think. I'm going to go with that. Mm. Um, what is interesting, though, I think their manager's linked with a move away to New York Red Bulls. So I mean, you could New see- York... Barnsley. <laughs> Barnsley. That hill at Barnsley, right, is unparalleled. You know the hill you go on yeah. Barnsley away? Brilliant. Didn't think I was going to make it. My car was just like... Oh, the, the, <laughs> coach, the coach there a couple of years ago didn't. It, it got stuck on <laughs> just, the top of the up. hill. <laughs> <laughs> just, Classic Borough way there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, well, last year, me and Tom Green went um, to Barnsley away and we... We started singing Janino's Magic and it just caught on. We were singing it for 20 minutes in a bar. And that. It was like, like, like Leisure Centre. Yeah, yeah. We just started singing that in there, but everyone was just singing it for ages. But you know when it gets to a point where it's like, can we just change tune now? But, <laughs> but we just kept singing. It was yeah. it was quite... And some, some guy was just pissed. He would just go, whoa! <laughs> sure, <laughs> that wasn't you? Nah, I was driving, <laughs> so... I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, well, get, you can't get, get your words out by that time. <laughs> My experience of Barnsley was um, was when Gary Monk was in charge and there was still a oh. sense of optimism around and it was uh, yeah. the Gary Monk song was playing um, about promotion for like oh, right yeah. up to kick off um, and there was three goals in nine minutes and we yeah. were 2-1 down. Um, mm. So that was quite <laughs> that was quite sobering yeah. in the first uh, nine minutes and you couldn't even you coun't even go and get a drink at half time because the Oh the yeah, they shut the bar, didn't they? Yeah. Until, you must um, have got about seven off. beers. I think like, two in your stocks, two in your hands. I think I got. I think had I got, a beer hat. I think I got in the ground maybe twenty minutes to kick off, and I think I got like three three bottles of Magnus or something. And it was the best twenty minutes of my life. And then the nine minutes following that was a bit uh, a bit of a whirlwind. You must have been. You must have thought it was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Especially when we were in the concast, to be honest, you missed all three. <laughs> it's normally like me. All right then. Well, that's it. 100th podcast is done um, so thank you very much guys and thank you guys the listeners for, for listening if you can leave us a 5 star written Apple podcast that helps us get ranked and found in the podcast world but we'd just like to thank Smithy and I'd like to thank James Warnock as well for sending their kind words in um, on Apple podcast too um, we really do appreciate it and thank you guys for, for leaving us a rating there as well um, but that's it Bora Draw on the road and Tuba is on the board uh, but the first the search for the first win of the season goes on this has been the Board Breakdown podcast, and that was all of your matchday chatter in a pod. Up the Board Breakdown. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the area. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out.